This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday uh, right here, presented, of course, by BetMGM. Coming up 20 minutes, Joe knows. We'll get the Stucky of the Action Network coming up next hour on college football. Georgia, Tennessee this weekend should be a great one. Right now, let's go back to the guest line. Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus joining us here. Talks some NFL on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Uh, ben, trade deadline yesterday, and I love that it's active. I love that it's fun. Like Teams are, are going for it. They're aggressive. Last week, it started with the Eagles getting Robert Quinn. And yesterday, a, a bunch. Of the moves yesterday, which one stood out to you as, as kind of hit you the most or you think could have the biggest impact on the teams involved? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously hard to overlook the Bradley Chubb situation going to the Miami Dolphins. I actually think Denver probably won this this side of the trade for kind of the second year in the row, uh, second year in a row moving on from, you know, a, a very good edge defender on an expiring contract. But I think if you look at Bradley Chubb, you know, the name recognition still is very much baked into, I think, the price that the Miami Dolphins paid for this particular player. I think, you know, looking at him as, you know, a top five draft pick, he hasn't necessarily, I would say, kind of lived up to that draft status through the first four years of his NFL career. So I think that, you know, maybe this was a little bit of a, you know, overpay from the Miami Dolphins. They have already invested, you know, quite a bit uh, to their edge rush situation. Haven't gotten, I would say, you know, a ton in return. And I do think there was maybe, you know, a, a stronger case to be made for them actually trying to fix, you know, the coverage unit that they have, uh, you know, with the fact that it's been so banged up as opposed to kind of making this big splash, you know, with Bradley Chubb at the edge position. So I like that trade for the Denver Broncos. Not not so much from, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins side of things. I do think that, you know, one that's definitely going to fly maybe under the radar a little bit, obviously not going to see the impact until 2023. But I think the Kelvin Ridley, you know, trade situation going to Jacksonville, you know, it is going to be probably the most impactful trade that we saw come up on this trade deadline. I think it's one that, you know, the Jaguars should be very excited about kind of buying, kind of buying low on, you know, a, a very legitimate number one wide receiver option, finally getting that guy for Trevor Lawrence. Ben, we were just going over our power rankings, and I know you uh, you hate our, our Minnesota Vikings thoughts, but uh, something that jumped out to me was uh, I was looking at your power ratings over at PFF, and you guys disagree on some teams, most of them in the NFC. You disagree with the betting markets and a lot of the sentiment that I'm hearing, and, and a few uh, really popped, and I'd, I'd like you uh, to try to explain what the, what the thinking is or, or what the numbers are telling you. It, it looks like PFF is – further down on San Francisco than the betting market. Betting market has them, I believe, as the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. And you are higher on the Bucks and Rams than most. Uh, can you explain that? 
Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, like we do fold it. And I do think a lot in like betting models and some of these predict or some of these like, you know, power ranking type metrics very much fold in, you know, still a, a percentage of prior year performance, right? And I do think that that is definitely carried forward with, the, you know, a team specifically like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, you know, very much have all the pieces in place, I would say, except for the offensive line to the point where they should be really good. And a lot of that is, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, still kind of playing in a similar manner, I would say, from an offensive scheme standpoint, but I would say not necessarily delivering, you know, the same level or type of play that we've seen in years past. So I think a lot of, you know, those two teams specifically is very much, you know, the, the fact that they still have the, their top end guys. It's just that their top end guys aren't necessarily performing as well this season. And maybe that, you know, cutover from 2021 to 2022 probably hasn't happened, you know, as well as it maybe should have. So I think those two teams specifically, uh, we are a little bit higher on than the betting market. And we might even be, you know, wrong in that regard. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, I think, you know, a lot of that is to do with, you know, the Christian McCaffrey and Jimmy Garoppolo situation, right? Obviously, PFF has, you know, in years past, definitely taken a strong stance on how impactful a running back can be, you know, especially in the area of like winning actual football games. I think that, you know, McCaffrey, you know, in this Kyle Shanahan offense is very much probably going to challenge some of our prior beliefs in that regard. Uh, but I think that, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, they are still very much capped and could easily, you know, be, I would consider, you know, the third or fourth fourth best team in the NFC, even with, you know, all their players back defensively and everything else. So we are, you know, mm. probably lower on them mainly because of the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, quarterback situation. But uh, I think it's also a consideration of, you know, how banged up their secondary is as well. Speaking of quarterbacks, I was just telling Joe O, if uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings won a Super Bowl, I think there might be riots here in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I was yeah. not talking as much trash about the Vikings. For the record, I did put them in my power rankings. But let's look ahead. Tomorrow night, Thursday night football, Eagles uh, minus 13 and a half at BetMGM. I bet this at minus 13 against a Texans team whose defense is terrible. Um, I'm curious if you like a side total or if you'll have your eye on any props in this one tomorrow night. Yeah, I definitely like the over 45. I, I, I would have loved to have like an early Philadelphia Eagles number, obviously, but I do think that, you know, it's going to be very few, if any drives where this Texans defense actually is actually capable of slowing down or even stopping the Philadelphia Eagles. So I like over 45. I think we could maybe see, uh, you know, one or two chunk plays come from the Houston Texans offense as well to the point where they do get over, uh, you know, that total. And I kind of expect, you know, somewhat of a clean game, you know, from Davis Mills. I don't think he's necessarily going to hopefully put the ball, you know, too much in harm's way in a lot of situations. So I think, you know, looking at maybe him not to actually throw an interception at like a plus 150 price, obviously it doesn't even need to happen 50% of the time. But uh, I think the game plan has to be, you know, a more conservative approach from the Houston Texans and hope that they kind of break, you know, a long run or two uh, in the rushing game. And I think if that happens, you know, the, four, the over 45 is going to happen relatively quickly. Uh, and we're going to see Davis Mills probably not throw an interception. So I like those two props. Um, and there's, you know, a few other ones I would say kind of mixed in as well. I do think Devontae Smith specifically is a guy that is probably going to continue to win underneath. And I think his matchup specifically is one where the Eagles are very much going to be able to win in this particular one. So I like him to go, you know, over 4.5 receptions and kind of show it a little bit here. I think it's like a plus 120 price that you can find his reception prop number at. Uh, and I think if you kind of, you know, expect this Eagles offense to be hidden on all cylinders, I think a lot of that production and pivoting from, you know, A.J. Brown to Devontae Smith, uh, is definitely the correct approach to play on Thursday night. 
Uh, ben, as we look forward to week nine here, it, it's interesting. There's not, I'd say, a lot of compelling games where it's like, I got to be in front of the TV to watch that one, but a lot of shorter spreads, a lot of interesting kind of ones. We'll look back and say that that was a probably a, a result that we'll, we maybe didn't see coming. Chargers-Falcons, I find, is an interesting one this week. Chargers right now about a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Atlanta. Atlanta's got a chance to win their division, coming off an overtime win, a wild game with the DJ Moore catch, those missed kicks. What's your feeling on this one? Chargers, three-and-a-half-point road favorites off a bye against the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, it, it never feels good, you know, laying laying any sort of price, I would say, with the Chargers. But I do think they're the correct side. I do, you know, given where the Falcons are at currently in the betting market, you know, six and two against the spread, obviously challenging for an NFC South that is very much down, but was very much not expected of them to actually be, you know, anywhere close to contending in that particular division. I think they might be a little bit overvalued. And I think that the pendulum has maybe swung just a little bit too much. So I like the Chargers with the rest. I think if you can, you know, do some shopping around and find more of like a minus three, which, you know, I do think there are still some of those numbers out there. Uh, I very much think the Chargers are probably the correct side in this matchup. I think that we're going to see, you know, enough chunk plays. Keenan Allen's going to be back in the fold. I think that is, you know, very much been the missing piece for Justin Herbert. I think with him back in the fold, we kind of see, you know, a, a much better version of the Chargers offense, kind of what we were expecting in the preseason, kind of heading into the season. So I like the Chargers minus three, minus three and a half, maybe not as much, but I do think they're still probably playable at that price. Sunday night football, Titans at the Chiefs. Every year, the Andy Reid off the buy stuff gets so out of control. I mean, yes, it's a great straight up record. The ATS record is very strong as well. But uh, now we're talking about a Titans team, well coached. We know there's a question at the quarterback position, Five and two, and the number's 13? Like, really? What What do you think this number should be here for KC, uh, Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, a, a much closer spread at like 10, maybe 10 and a half, which is kind of where we opened it up at. But, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the Andy Reid off the buy situation is definitely, once again, kind of overbaked in the market. And I think you touched on, like, a really interesting point that I, I'm not sure a lot of people fully believe in right now. But I do think Mike Rabel, you know, very good coach week in and week out. I think, you know, some of us, you know, especially at PFF, maybe – don't really love the way that they built the team from, you know, a rushing ability and paying a high contract to Derrick Henry and really trying to establish the run. But they've knocked off a lot of really good teams, both in the regular season and in the postseason, kind of playing, you know, a somewhat different mentality of football than the rest of the league trying to air the football out. And I think that we're going to see some more of that play. I think that, you know, if they get out to an early lead, obviously they're going to try and, you know, take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand as much as possible. And I think they are, you know, kind of at least starting to find their way a little bit defensively to the point where they can probably do that. And I think that if they get a little pressure on Patrick Mahomes uh, and definitely establish a run, that I think it's going to be really difficult for uh, the Chiefs to kind of cover this, you know, the, the spread that's kind of moving out to a two-touchdown differential. So I think it's a little bit too wide. I think, you know, the Titans at plus 12 and a half uh, are very much going to be the correct side here when it's all said and done on Sunday night. First, I want to say that Devontae Smith prop was a good look. He's only gone under four and a half receptions twice, and in those two games, he had four receptions, and you're getting plus 125 on BetMGM. So I'm tailing you. I'm riding with you on that one. Um, Who is your favorite dog this week? There are some tighter spreads, only a few double-digit dogs. Who do you like the best as an underdog on the board this week? Yeah, I know. I, I should definitely probably take some flack for this, but I'm I'm very much still out on the New England Patriots every single week, and I know that 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 fading the Patriots this week means buying into an Indianapolis Colts team wow. that you know just fired their offensive coordinator, just shipped off 
you know, quite possibly their third best offensive weapon in Naheem Hines, uh, and very much as, you know, starting a sixth round draft pick that uh, is much more dynamic with his legs than with his arm. But I think the Colts, you know, the spread has kind of moved in their direction a little bit. I think it opened up at six and a half. It's now down to five and a half. Um, the injury situation for the, the Colts, especially along their front four with, you know, Keaty Pay being questionable, no Taekwon Lewis anymore as well. Uh, that's a little bit concerning, but uh, I think we saw enough plays from Sam Ellinger kind of being able to, you know, evade the pressure situations that the, you know, Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, pretty miserable offensive line is going to continue to put himself in the plays that were very much kind of putting them behind the chains with Matt Ryan at quarterback. He was kind of at least able to turn those high negative EPA type plays into at least just a small loss or even a potentially, you know, a smaller midsize gain. So I like the Colts here once again. I think it's, you know, uh, definitely a decent spot to buy low on a team that, you know, looked for all intents and purposes to be, you know, sellers at the trade deadline, but, you know, is still very much, I would say, somewhat in the mix in the AFC South right now. Ben, uh, we, we talked a little bit earlier about the Eagles and the Texans and the Chiefs and, and the uh, Titans. When you look at it, because everyone has agreed now, there's three teams and there's everybody else in the NFL. Do you expect more of these outsides, outsized spreads the rest of the season with these three teams? Because it feels like, I mean, this week we're getting two of them. Last week we've got the, the Bills double digits over the Packers. Do you think we're heading down a stretch of the season where the market may go haywire and we may have a lot of games where it's like Eagles, 13, 14 point favorites, Bills, Chiefs. Do you think it, it gets to a point where it's like, that's too many points every week? Yeah, I, I very much think so. I do think that, you know, when looking at the public side, obviously everyone wants to back the three, you know, Super Bowl type contending teams. And I think that that is, you know, once again, kind of going to be pushing out the spread. I think, you know, specifically with this Thursday night matchup opened up at Eagles minus nine. Now it's all the way up to minus 14. I think that's very much reflective of the fact that no one's going to be buying into, you know, the Texans on a short week against what everyone, you know, widely considers and is very much, you know, the best team in the NFC. And I think that we're going to continue to see that play out because I, I don't really see, you know, the Eagles dropping a game anytime soon. I don't really see anything impacting the status of the Buffalo Bills outside of maybe an injury to Josh Allen. So I think we're going to still see, you know, pretty consistently, you know, week in and week out, uh, you know, double digit spreads moving on up to two touchdown spreads. And I, you know, very much think, you know, the parity within the league, maybe outside of, you know, those three teams, uh, you know, the, the correct approach is still probably going to be to take the underdog, but, uh, and even when facing off against those three teams with all the, you know, public money kind of flowing in and pushing it out so wide, it probably is still correct to, you know, take the Texans as, you know, 14 point, 14 point underdogs, you know, on Thursday night, but uh, it, it's never a good feeling. So I do think that, you know, maybe pivoting and, and understanding like, well, what is the path to this team covering versus not covering and, and maybe finding some plays in the derivatives market is, you know, a, a better approach, I would say, from a betting perspective than just blindly, you know, kind of kind of kind of taking the points with some of these, you know, really bad looking dogs, I would say, over the second half of the season. Ben, we've got a minute left here. Rams, Bucks before the season. You thought this was a premier matchup. They only put two games in the late afternoon slate. Uh, Bucks favored by three. Low total of forty-two and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Bucks here. I don't know. I I I think the cup, you know, injury situation sounds like it's going to break correctly for the Rams, but uh, still very concerning if he's at all limited with the leg injury. Uh, they, they've shown no ability whatsoever to win in any other position outside of Cooper Cup. So. I think the Buccaneers with a, you know, getting healthy secondary uh, should very much be able to win this game by at least a field goal, if not more. So I like the Bucs. I think they got value right now, and they are definitely the team that I want to buy low on, uh, you know, coming up for the second half of the season. 
Extra rest for them, too, off the Thursday game. Ben, we appreciate you hopping on. Ben Brown, pro football focus on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. A lot more to talk about NFL, Phillies, the World Series. We'll get to some college football in the 11 a.m. Eastern hour with Stucky from the Action Network. Joe O, Joe G, and Hawksford, it's Beck Daily right here on the Beck Network.